Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Do you cheer for a team without a head coach? Is prayer the only way you'll hear your team's name on Selection Sunday? You might be suffering from depression, anxiety, or what we like to call March sadness. Have no fear, Cornbread Hemp is here. Cornbread Hemp's organic, full-spectrum CBD products have just what you need to relieve everyday anxiety. Try our extra-strength gummies today. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout and get 30% off your purchase at cornbreadhemp.com. Don't wait to beat the buzzard. Try Cornbread Hemp today. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning! Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just... Cats. 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 Cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's going to throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, February 28th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Call. Sports Radio, 961 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, Nick Roush will be joining us soon. And we're we're excited to do today's radio show. Not the sports weekend Kentucky fans were looking for, but some positives, a lot to get to. Cats play tomorrow, so not a lot of time to hang on the Arkansas game. And more importantly, Justin Kalen, last February show until 2023. And tomorrow, bring on the madness because it's March time, baby. Tomorrow, it was the madness was this weekend, TJ. It may not have been a good weekend for Cats fans, but it was a great weekend for college basketball fans as a whole. What a wacky Saturday it was. Holy moly. Yeah, it was a lot of upsets, a lot of ranked teams losing. Kentucky losing was not technically an upset from a Vegas standpoint, but a lower seed or a lower ranked team beating a higher ranked team. So uh, we're going to talk about it. Top Six teams in the AP lose. Seven of the top ten in the AP lost so, on Saturday. First time that's ever happened. So seven of the top ten played each other. Number eight was off, and number ten played number five. So seven of the eight teams in the top ten that could have lost did. Crazy. Yeah, that is. That's uh, That was made for a wild, wild Saturday. We will talk some more UK football. They make everything official over the weekend. Uh, but we'll obviously wait till Roush is around to talk about that. Justin, did you have a good weekend? I did have a good weekend. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. It was one of those weekends that finally felt like it was long enough that it was a sufficient weekend. So that's always nice. 
what made this one feel longer than other I, ones? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I didn't do as much as I typically would do on a weekend. Like I, I did a lot of sitting around and drinking. Um, okay. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if that helped time or elongate time a little bit, I, but there was a lot of great sports on as well. I mean, you had college basketball, you had UFC this weekend as well. You had NASCAR yesterday. It was just a, a nice long weekend. I, I really appreciated this weekend. Throwing NASCAR into the bunch. I, I watch NASCAR every week, brother. Who who won the big race this week? Uh, Larson got it done. Oh, had, had wheels were running real quick this week. Had a, uh, had a live bet on him. No big deal. Wow, good good <laughs> for you. Uh, well, great. Glad you had a good weekend. Glad it seemed longer. Uh, How was your weekend? It was great. No no complaints. Um, let's see. Didn't really do anything like out of the ordinary super duper special just got to relax a little bit quality father daughter time with with mom also which was great and then nephew's third birthday yesterday oldest oldest nephew or niece turned three so now there's like what six or seven under three years old but had a had his birthday party yesterday which was a lot of fun a lot of kids yeah it's i guess the roush Rush could provide insight on this as well, but you've got plenty of nephews and nieces and whatnot. But I guess this birthday is like not old enough to go to like a Bave and Dusters or Chuck E. Cheese's just yet, but just rented out like a gym, like a I think it's I forget what the name of the gym is, but just like a little a gym for like you know toddlers and whatnot. And it was so cute just seeing all the kids running around, going crazy, jumping, playing, just like being allowed to be loud and run around and do whatever they wanted which yeah, I, I mean as like a three or four year old that was just like heaven you know just being told you have a green light to run jump play be loud do whatever you wanted yeah i mean if at three yeah you got that all that open space but all you all the three-year-old really needs is just a cardboard cardboard box just throw some cardboard boxes up in that gym they'll be happy for hours yeah they 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 had a pla they had a blast running playing doing doing all their sort like they had a ball pit and stuff like that. So they were basically in heaven. So that was a lot of fun to see. Of course, the non-bright spot from the weekend would be the Kentucky game. Uh, from a betting standpoint, Ty Ty's three at the buzzer. Made oh sure I did not win any money at all. So didn't see a dime from that game, which was unfortunate. Uh, did the thing where... Going into the game, I predicted Kentucky was going to lose. Uh, I thought Kentucky was going to lose. When Kentucky got down as big as they did, that's really kind of the game I thought how it was going to unfold. No take, couldn't miss. The crowd was obviously super into it, and I was surprised to see Kentucky bring both those guys back. I don't think that they were probably at 110%, but that's neither here nor there. But that wouldn't have really changed, and I think I said as much. It wouldn't have really changed my prediction whether they played or not because even if they did play, and they did, there would be a little rust that they'd need to shake off. And even if they were 110% going into that game, Auburn had lost at Arkansas. Mm. Arkansas has been a really, really good home team throughout the year. So my expectations were I don't think Kentucky will win, and that's okay. It's not going to change any big-picture things for me. Don't get totally embarrassed. Just, you know, fight, go down there and play hard. Those were my expectations, Justin. And 
game goes on. Really, you know, it's going the way that I thought it was. Then Kentucky fights back. Nick Roush has now joined us. And darn it, Roush, if I didn't go getting getting emotionally invested in the game, and then sure enough, when UK loses, I was actually a little bummed out by it. I told myself I wasn't going to buy into it. I wasn't going to get too worked up about it. I'd be okay with the loss in this instance. But just with the way everything unfolded, with how hard Kentucky fought, with them having every chance in the world late in the game to be able to steal a win, I couldn't help but after the game just being a little disappointed. Well, and especially the way Oscar played, um, uh, you know, Kyle kept calling it his Heisman moment, but it was, it, it had very much uh, Sweet 16 kind of vibes to this game where it's just back and forth and back and forth. And it, it you would have like quick little spurts where a team would uh, make two buckets in a row and go up four, and then it would be erased in like 30 seconds. It, it was an incredible game. And yet the whole time you thought, Kentucky's better. They can, they can do this. Uh, it, it's just that it was not um, – even though you had Severe Wheeler back and Ty Ty Washington back, you didn't get good Severe Wheeler and good Ty Ty Washington back. They certainly had their moments, but they each looked like they had missed a week or two uh, of basketball. Uh, and I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know there was something like Grady and Mintz were combined, like a one of nine or oh, something yeah. like that. It was, I mean, ne- neither, you didn't really get much from your guards. You you should have had no business being in that game for all intents and purposes. Yeah, Kentucky still was right there in it. So emotionally, I was a little bummed, but I also was telling myself, okay, this team, we're still going to win the title. Like, don't don't worry. This team is the best team in college basketball. It's just that they were shorthanded, coming back from injuries, some guys missed some shots, and he had Doug Shows on the call. So that's that's really all that I needed to know. Well, and we'll talk about Doug Shows, and we'll talk about the officiating in the game. But I, I was the same way. Big picture, nothing changed. But just when that game ended, I, I watched with uh, – we went over to my mom's. It was just the baby, wife, me, mom, stepdad. A great time. Great. It felt like the, the old days, just watching a game uh, on a Saturday back at home wishing so badly Kentucky could have pulled it out because you felt like they did enough. You, you, some, some days you just feel like you got to be like 10 points better on the road in the SEC to yeah, not yeah. have like, to not feel like the refs are playing a factor or a role and sort of stuff. Uh, Kentucky was close. So there's a lot of moments. We'll talk all about it as, as the show goes on. A lot of questionable calls, questionable decisions, questionable plays. A lot to get to on today's show. But, Roush, how, how are you? I know you had quite the wild weekend. And, yeah. Uh, wouldn't, yeah. Wouldn't want you to start your week on the radio without touching base to see how you're doing, buddy. I'm doing doing okay. It was um, – it, it feels like since we got the football breaking news on Friday that uh, we're going to discuss about at length, probably, I guess, a little bit later on the show, Rich Scangaleo coming to Kentucky. Uh, to be the offensive coordinator. It feels like it's been an eternity since then. Uh, we had the the latest, woke up this morning, and Duke had just gotten sick everywhere. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, clean, playing cleanup this morning. Uh, not not the most delightful of smells. Uh, and then on top of that, like earlier, he, he was choking at one point. Right before the game to off, he woke up from his nap early. To put him back down didn't work. 
grabbed some leftover lunch and then was trying to bust into the pantry to like get some fruit snacks. I'm like, no, dude, you've had too many, not enough today. And he just threw a temper tantrum and then proceeded to choke on whatever was in his mouth. So, uh, uh, luckily I, I, the dad instincts did not panic in me and I just picked him up and knocked it out of him. But between that and what else, he locked himself in the bathroom at one point this weekend. I mean, it's just been a, it's been a fun three days at the Roush house, but you know what? Uh, it, there, there was a lot of a lot of fun sprinkled in there. Never overwhelmed. Just uh, I'm the one dealing with all the really smelly, nasty stuff right now. So uh, that's I, I feel like I'm just covered in filth. Terrible wow. twos, am I right? <laughs> you, you saved the day, and you're still on, you're on cleanup sanitation duty. Yeah, yeah, on sanitation duty. So, oh um, man, hey, you know you you just you. This is this is the price that like all of the poker nights and all of the the golf outings. This is what I traded in for, right? Sure, I I, I suppose so. <laughs> well, glad you saved your kid's life over the weekend. As as crappy as it may have been in some other regards, at least you did that. That's cool. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. Like hey, you did it, Nick. You didn't panic, uh, but like it's also I'm pretty sure as like a. Uh, I remember my wife, my my mom having to give me the homework in like high school because I choked on a grape. Like that's how. So at least I uh, remembered. Oh, don't panic. Just just do it. Like it's not like once you start choking, you're gonna die in two seconds. You got you got some time there. Way to pay it forward, Nick. There we go. I also did a first aid class at Kentucky. So uh, I remember that two credit hour class. Boom. Well, education well paid for. Well used. It was totally, totally worth all that student debt. Well, good. I'm glad. We want to hear from you on today's show. We want to hear from you throughout the week. Always on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. It's a new week. Pop by Thornton's today. Get yourself some donuts, coffee, breakfast burritos, breakfast sandwiches, fresh fruit, whatever it may be. They'll have it at Thornton's. And uh, you, you text into the show. We'll read it on air. A lot of texts. From over the weekend, we won't uh, we won't wait till late in the show to get to it. But let's talk about some of the game. Kentucky loses by two on the road to Arkansas. Roush, Justin, and I opened today's show, the last show in February, talking about just how what a wild Saturday it was with all the mm-hmm. the ranked teams losing. So Kentucky's in good company of teams losing. Uh, how the AP poll shakes out today. I'm not 100% sure. A lot of the bracketologists, our boys, Shelby Mass, a lot of it looks very similar to what the bracket, the bracket selection reveal committee special thing showed um, now nine days ago, not Saturday, but the Saturday before that one. I would imagine just at worst for Kentucky, you default back to that one, uh, just where you're probably six in the pecking order. Can't help but think, though, and this maybe played a role on Saturday, maybe as the day went on, played a bigger role. I couldn't help but have that feeling, Roush, a little bit of a missed opportunity. Just, again, I wasn't expecting oh, a win. Yeah, You're not going to get punished yeah. for a win. But if you just find a way to pull out that game, you are definitively, at least heading into this week, a one seed. And assuming you take care of business, assuming you just don't have a head-scratching loss, you're probably a one seed. And if you if you beat Arkansas on Selection Sunday, I most likely think you're hearing Kentucky called as a one seed. Um, 
even though even if you lost to Arkansas in the SEC tournament, even if you lost to Auburn in the SEC tournament, even if you lost to Tennessee, now if you lost to any of the other teams besides those three, maybe it'd be enough to bump you down one spot back to a two seed. It maybe depend on what other teams in their conference tournaments were doing. But I couldn't help but think a little bit of a missed opportunity yesterday or on Saturday, Rush. Yeah. Um I, it was one of those two that by the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'll so many have lost. I'll see if Gonzaga. I mean, they're playing a top 25 team. They're not going to lose, but maybe there'll be a time where the game's actually close. And I ended up watching all of it. And my goodness, has there never been a more fraudulent team in the history of frauds than the fraud Zaga Bulldogs? My God, they're so bad. And it's not just because they were shooting poorly. They lost to a team. It looked like the fighting to sales Colts out there. They had dudes shooting sh set shots in the corner. There was zero. I mean, it was, it is um, like, I just, I, I want, I want, I almost want Kentucky to be the two in Gonzaga's region, but I, I don't because I know they're going to lose before that. Cause they're not good. Even on their bad night, they don't play the same sport that other teams play. The fact that they lost that game that didn't even have that many people there. I just, I was drinking it up. I was just guzzling it down and they didn't even make like a run. I think it got within like seven, but for the most part, they just got their asses kicked by a team of, Bad basketball players. At St. Mary's team, they're a joke. They slow it down. Oh, gosh. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I did not expect to get this excited to watch Gonzaga lose. But here I am. Just, just you know, it feels good to know that you were right and that Gonzaga actually not good at basketball at all. Justin, you've got to have a take on this. I, I agree with him. I mean, I think it's a spot-on take. I, I, I'm 100% with Roush. 100%. Even though they've got a bunch of, like, you know, first-round, like – Yes, they they do have good players, but man, oh, now I don't oh, I don't so know if I would life. agree with Roush saying that they're a bad basketball team because they've been number one pretty much all year. So that's just simply not true. But I, I do think they are very fraudulent. They're going to lose early in the NCAA tournament, and if they don't, they definitely are not winning the championship. Suck it, Gonzaga. You're really you're really covering your bases there. They're gonna lose early, but if they don't, then they won't win the hardest championship yeah, that there is to win in sports. Covers every base there is. <laughs> you're really only setting yourself up for one way to lose, and Can't that's fail. and that's if Gonzaga <laughs> does what they've never done in program history, and that's win a national championship. I love it. I absolutely love it. I loved watching that game as well, Roush. It was uh, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, the St. Mary's looks like just a YMCA all-star team. Just pick like the most gritty player from each Y in the region, and then boom, there, there's your team. But they played, they played well and they played hard. Uh, but yeah, nobody should be overly scared of Gonzaga. Uh, and it was the least surprising thing in the world to see Gonzaga just not really even get bumped a spot for their loss because, of course. They play in the worst conference of any serious title contending team every year, really. Um, and they can't even manage to go undefeated in said terrible, crappy conference. And that's fine. Losses happen. People slip up. Even to bad teams, it can happen. Not ideal to have happen in such late, late in the season, late February, so close to March. But they don't get punished for it. They not at all. They're still a one seed. No questions asked. They're still, I'm sure going to be ranked number one, two at worst three today. Um, it's they, they've got the sweet, they've got the sweetest gig in the nation. Well, and you know, the, you know, the crappy, do, thing, no wrong. the crappy thing about it is 
St. Mary's plays in that same conference, so they're a top 25 team. So that goes down as a quad one win. When St. Mary's is awful, they're playing the same horrible teams night in and night out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a human centipede of suck out in the West Coast Conference. And the thing about it, too, that made me really appreciate just that they are a bad team is that um, I can – like. I can forgive Wheeler and Washington going to combined eight of 25. Like, just guards have bad shooting nights. Uh, Grady was only one of three. That that happens. Drew Timmy missed about 17 layups. I think he was like 0 for 9, just missing him at the rim. And, like, eventually, if you just can't dunk it, you're not – like, you that's, that, that's inexcusable. Uh, and – Watching Chet go up and down the floor, trying to lead the break, and then just turn it over. It's like, you idiots. Like, yes, you're not good. Uh, it, it, it was very much a confirmation of my already beliefs. But the other part of it, too, was that, like, it's just more confirmation that uh, college basketball officials will default to the home team nine times. Like, you should just bet home teams, home underdogs, every time you can in college basketball. Uh, but and that's why I'm not worried about March for Kentucky is because it's not true road games. Like it just you. Uh, luckily, I was watching my friend who we. I don't know anybody that actually went in on UK. It would have been a hell of a cover if you did get them at plus three and they banked in that last one home to get it. But almost everybody I knew stayed away because going into this, there was the correct mentality that playing in, on the road in the SEC, you're you know, you're. Just, you're probably going to get cooked at some point down the stretch. Not worth uh, getting all worked up over going into the game. Yeah, um, I made sure to not win any money thanks to that last three by by Ty Ty. Uh, as we kind of bring the attention into the Kentucky game, we'll talk more about the overall landscape of college basketball and maybe some of the other upsets on Saturday. Guard stunk, Roush, it again, you know, just felt like one of those games where Kentucky didn't deserve to win, or maybe they did deserve to win, just depending on how you look at it. Regardless of how you were expecting the game to go, how you th- how you felt like or thought it was unfolding as it was happening, Kentucky had a 70-69 to 69 lead with 221 to play in the game, and they had a 70-69 to 69 lead with a minute 39 to play and the ball rush, and you just felt like, that one possession, maybe you'd forgotten about it watching, but I'll once I bring it up, you will remember it. But Kentucky takes the lead. They come down. They get a stop. It's under two minutes to play. UK has the ball. A really mm-hmm. jumbled possession where Grady had just hit a three, Roush. Here's oh, Grady man. in transition. He has the ball. Just shoot it. He's got a shoot little the bit ball. of space on the perimeter. Let that bad boy rip. Grady, Kellen, you've got oh to let God. that go. If you make it, you go up four with a minute and 30 seconds to play. 90 seconds left. You're up by four. You had a chance to really put that thing on ice. Maybe, again, is it impossible with the officiating that Arkansas could have came back and won that game with a, with 90 seconds down four in the ball? Absolutely, they could have came back. But, gosh, you would have felt really good about your chances. Kentucky would have had to probably miss some free throws most likely or just not scored another point the rest of the game. You ha- you got to shoot that ball. So, instead, he passes it up. He does find an open wheeler, but it was an open wheeler who misses that, you know, what, 12, 13-footer. 
maybe a little deeper than that, maybe a 14-footer. Yeah. You can get the rebound. Not that he took about four too many times on Saturday. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk we'll talk all about that. But he gets the he misses that shot. He gets the rebound. You're thinking, okay, Arkansas is out of sorts. All we need now is just a bat, like just get a layup, and then boom, you go up three. You're still feeling good about it, or pass it around, kick it out to the perimeter. Maybe somebody's open. I can't believe Kentucky gets this offensive rebound and they turn it over. And then they never would have uh, the lead again. I mean, just moments later, nope. Williams comes down, hits that uh, hits that shot, and a lot of – there's some free throws the rest you of get the the, Right. You get, like, the, the push-off foul where the dude was flopping before the push-off even happened. Um, oh, Refs yeah. fall for it every time. And then the, one, the Williams, the free throws that put him up three – like, that was such a phantom foul. But, like, Williams, he flops all over the place. We know this. That's why he leads the nation in charges. Refs give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it was a frustrating end because that, 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 I, Grady's, that, he was smart for some damn good in that situation. I know you're only one three on the night. Um, and maybe this is the learning lesson he needs the Brandon Knight, SEC Road, regular season loss lesson he needs. Dude, the 20 seconds, who cares? Like you can burn them off later. You got to shoot that. You just, I just, I, I, I don't, especially in transition. He had just hit one the possession before. Um, I know it was a little bit contested, but if you're comparing shot selections, if you're ranking all of the shots that a Kentucky basketball team can take, a contested Grady three is probably still better than 75% of the shots that you're going to get. 80 or 90, I would say on some days. And instead, you get the pick and roll. They play it smartly. Don't let Oscar come close to it. And then you get like a 15-footer from Wheeler. And I know he hit some big shots in the second half, and I don't mind those on some occasions. But, hell, there was still – like the point of Grady pulling it out was to burn up clock, and that shot was taken with like 10, 12 seconds on the shot clock. You didn't even run it down to two or three, you know? Like, oh, man, I, that was such a frustrating possession. Yeah, I – well, let's go to a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some of the most questionable plays, decisions, calls, coaching. We'll talk about it because there was a lot of things that was just like, man, should that have happened? If it goes a little differently, does the outcome of the game change? So let's go to a break. We'll come back. We'll keep talking about UK basketball. We'll get into the Thornton's text line, and then a little later on the show, we'll talk UK football as well. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to KRC, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Taylor. We'll be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Stanley just drank OJ out of my mug and didn't seem to realize that it wasn't his hot coffee. So the question has to be asked, is there no limit to what he won't notice? I ain't happy, I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag I'm useless, but not for long the future is coming on. I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Oh, no. Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Monday morning, last day of February. 
March tomorrow, Cat Senior Day against Ole Miss tomorrow. TJ back off the wagon tomorrow. Woo! Yeah. You did it, buddy. Or you you've almost done it. <laughs> yeah, what if I couldn't make it through today? You gonna Just stay like, up till midnight? Uh, start slamming <laughs> shots at like twelve oh one. I made better it. Better chance. Better chance. Maybe the baby wakes up after midnight, and I just say, you know what? Three a.m. Slam beer. a beer. <laughs> really wouldn't like if I if I had a space dust at three a.m. Probably would be like the perfect just fall back asleep medicine at that point. That's true. First one, I did. first one in two months. Not that like you know I'd be like loopy blackout drunk or anything like that. But it'd probably just be like a little kick in terms of like oh I'm I'm sleepy again. Good. This is great. I, I did the uh, old uh, Bustin' Kalen Sunday night, have like three beers, like with and after dinner. And I was just like, man, I'm not staying up to watch something stupid. I'm going to go to sleep at nine o'clock. And felt good. Felt good to wake up refreshed, ready to rock and roll. I think Seems like Bustin, I was going to say, I think when Bustin does it, though, it's actually technically considered passing out, not not going to bed early. <laughs> three beers. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Give me more credit than that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Justin had a good weekend, he said, Roush. He said he didn't have to do as much as he normally does. Oh, nice. Are you are you doing more or less games now that it's postseason play? Um, things are ratcheting up. We got regional tournaments starting this week. Uh, like physically doing I, this week, I got, I think, three games. But last week was slow. I did one game last week. It was awesome. Oh, wow. They didn't want you calling district games. Sad. I guess they had it covered, which is fine. I mean, they would have sent me to PRP anyways. <laughs> they, yeah. uh, that, that PRP plays Butler in the opening round. That's going to be a rowdy game. Two schools do not like each other. Yeah, the seventh region, uh, Ballard and Mail on opposite end. So at the end of the day, I think that's the only thing anybody really cared about. Mm -hmm. St. X will take on manual, if you were wondering. Oh, poor Manuel. The say next I'm going to do it to him again. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Uh, that should be a close game. I think Manuel won the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyways, yeah. They, they, the seventh region bracket set, all the region brackets set. I don't really know enough about the other regions to know if there was anything crazy. I think in one region somewhere part of the state, I think like two top five or top ten ranked teams have to play each other in the first round of the regional. Um, but I forget where I saw that. So if you have any interesting KHSAA regional information, text it on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. But fun time of the year for high school basketball in Kentucky. Thank goodness we don't have a class system for basketball. Just hoops everywhere. Um, Ron Howard, she played in her final game as a Wildcat at Memorial Coliseum and proceeded to set a school record and hit eight threes. Uh, score 32 points and, and get a dub for the Cats. So that was awesome. Also really cool to see her wear number five uh, in her final game at home for uh, Blair Green, who's been sidelined the entire season with an ACL injury, and uh, for pal Terrence Clark. So um, a great send-off for an all-time great. It's just it's unfortunate that their Cats are on the bubble um, going in the home stretch. But, hey, they, they keep racking up wins. So, uh, you know, they, if they can actually – Pull off a few surprises uh, down at the SEC tournament. Maybe maybe there is a, a run in them. They've been playing well the last month. Speaking of women's basketball, did you all see Louisville-Notre Dame yesterday? Oh, my gosh, yes. That was I insane. I turned it on, and it was 48-6. to six. 
They got a to 45 to be, four. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, it was in no names of the top 15 team. Yeah. Like, Undefeated at that, home this that, season. That, hey, we're putting it on him. And the funny part, too, is in that brief amount of time, Notre Dame, they like, they scored a bucket and then got a steal and scored in transition. So they got it up to 48 to 10. And the girl after she, for Notre Dame, she makes the layup, like, gets up in this Louisville player's face, like, just like staring him down. And then, of course, he's going to push her out of the way. They get in a push and shove him match. It's like, what are you doing? You're down 38 points and a half and you're over here trying to talk trash. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, for UK women's, they will take on Mississippi State in the SEC tournament. And then, yeah. They will need to beat the two seed LSU in the quarterfinals. They do those two things. I bet they'd probably be in the NCAA tournament. You beat Mississippi State. Maybe you get in as one of the last teams. Maybe, um, probably not at that rate. But if you win those two, if you get an upset over LSU, then you probably are in the tournament. So a lot riding on the line in the SEC. Don't for women's basketball, like the big conferences, they take this week off and then they'll play next week. Or am I just I making want, that up? No, because they, they play the week before the SEC, like the men's tournament. Um, but they get a week off between that and their selection Monday. Okay. So the big tournaments play yeah. this week. And then I think it's the smaller women's conference tournaments play the following week. They kind okay, of do it opposite. They kind of do it opposite of the right. men. For the men, it's the smaller conferences first, then the bigger ones. So you're so it's the bigger ones for the women first, and then the smaller ones, and then they have their selection Sunday, the same around the same time as the men's. Okay. Right. Yeah. It checks out. Uh, I know, like uh, EKU beat Bellarmine, and that was their final game of a Sun play. That was over the weekend. Uh, well, that was Gonzaga, that was Gonzaga's final game too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the smaller conference for men start up this week, which is very exciting. We're not too far get away. Ohio Valley yeah. madness. Not too far away That's from you just turn on your TV on a random Thursday and boom, like important, meaningful college basketball game. We're getting there, folks. We really are. Oh man, it's exciting. I in that, that like I, I know we're going to go back to the specifics of the Kentucky game, but that whole Saturday it did feel like. Uh, like I, I felt like I was ex exhausting myself from watching so much basketball. Like we, you know, it's it's like the March Madness. Like man, ten o'clock and we're still going. Like, but I can't not watch right now. It was you had to um, because like the games, even though final scores weren't always close. Like Baylor, Kansas, I think Baylor ended up winning by like ten or something like that. They were good games until the the very final stretch. Same thing with Auburn, Tennessee. Auburn's guards are really showing their their ugly faces right now. Uh, this is just kind of the way that like Rick Barnes doesn't really have any issues playing this way, but uh, watching like the UK Arkansas game, which wasn't in the nineties, mind you, I do think it was just a lot more visually appealing than that Tennessee Auburn game. Tennessee Auburn game seemed like it was like stuck in the forties for 18 minutes. It appeared on Saturday. Um, and then, the, you know, the score total ended up not being too drastically different. Kentucky and Arkansas scored more points. But it just seemed like a much more appealing basketball game than Auburn and Tennessee. Uh, but Tennessee gets the win there. So you've got four teams in the SEC all within a game of one another. Unfortunately, Kentucky is the odd man out in all of that due to tiebreakers because 
They mm-hmm. lost their one game against Arkansas, so Arkansas has the tiebreaker over them. They lost their one game against Auburn. Auburn's still a game ahead. Seems probably unlikely Kentucky can catch up, but if Mississippi State upset Auburn, I guess that crazier things have happened in the history of college basketball and certainly in this season. But even if they do, Auburn would have the tiebreaker. They won their only game. Tennessee and well, Kentucky split the season series, so you think that's good news for UK. However, no, no. Tennessee will get it with a home game against Auburn, so the tiebreaker, if the tiebreaker is head-to-head split, you go to the number one team, that'd be Auburn. Tennessee has a win against them. Kentucky doesn't. Boom. And that's where not having the home game against Auburn, like the SEC League kind of screwed Kentucky going into the year. Not not letting them go home and home with them. Like, Kentucky only got home and homes with one team of the top three, where everybody else, I'm pretty sure, played each other home and home. And that one's locked in with Tennessee. Tennessee, Vandy, and Florida. Kentucky will play mm-hmm. twice every year, which, like, let's change that up. You know, we, I don't, Kentucky doesn't need to be wasting a home game on, on Vanderbilt every year. We can just beat no. them in Nashville, and that can, that can suffice here and there. Uh, so make no mistake about it. It would have been nice if Kentucky could have won one of those three games. Auburn, I think Kentucky wins if they stay healthy. Arkansas, if Kentucky's completely healthy, I think that they win, not shaking rust off healthy going into that game. But they had chances in that Arkansas game. They had chances in that Auburn game. Tennessee just outplayed them, and Kentucky played very poorly. Uh, Still made a small, tiny little run in the second half, but uh, all things considered, Tennessee outplayed them in that game. But make no mistake about it, I wish Kentucky would have won one of those three, but the SEC scheduling is the reason why Kentucky's not winning the SEC this year. The top three teams in the conference, you get one home game against them, one against the top, and and it's bad luck. I don't think it was like this hose job from the conference to try to hose over Kentucky. A lot of it's kind of just how the schedule falls. It fell very poorly for UK this year. But if you flip that where – you get Auburn and Arkansas at home, and your only road game is the at Tennessee game. And you then Kentucky's winning the SEC, and they're probably winning the SEC Roush by like two games, at least a game, but with the tiebreaker, at least two, and maybe even three if you take the tiebreaker into consideration. So the SEC is the reason UK is not winning the regular season championship this year. But in Tampa, it'll all be neutral. You'll ever whoever wins will have to win three games, assuming they're coming out of one of those top four spots. If they're not, then you know they'd have to win four games. But I think we all feel pretty confident that most likely Saturday in the SEC will be some variation of Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas. And most likely, Roush looks like UK probably be coming out of that three spot. I know a lot of people don't like it, not my favorite in the world, but at least this year, everything's on Eastern time. And so yeah. an hour. So it's six o'clock for the two seed on Friday night. It'd be eight thirty ish for the mm-hmm. three seed. And that's looking like that good chance that could be Kentucky. So at least it's not like the nine thirty, ten o'clock start, Roush. Yeah, I, I but even just from a competitive standpoint, the turnaround to the next day where you're gonna in all likelihood, you finished playing around what eleven o'clock, um, and then three thirty tip off the next morning. That's where it's really, that's where it gets really difficult on that three seed. And even though it is um, for for folks who like to party, um, 
it does kind of cramp their style a bit. It really is a competitive disadvantage compared to the other games because of the quick turnaround. Um, I think there, there so I, I don't have the other team schedules out in front of me, but at least one game on to like because we're cheering for I think Tennessee to lose to potentially take that spot. Uh, like there's at least one of these games out there that could be an upset. It's a long shot, but there is a chance that one of Arkansas, Auburn, or Tennessee does fall uh, on Tuesday or Saturday. Yeah, and you'll have um, – and if Kentucky loses to Florida, it brings in that four seed into play, and we've talked about it where I don't think the four seed is the worst spot in the world. Uh, it, that You know, those quarterfinal, quarterfinal matchups – you could face like an LSU, you could face a Mississippi State, you could face an Alabama. Those teams, challenging, but regardless of what spot you're in, whether you're the one, two, three, or four, you should win those games. And then assuming you do win that game, then you get Auburn a day sooner than maybe you would have anticipated. We talked about how that could be beneficial from a not getting tired standpoint, fresher legs. Of course, the four o'clock time spot, a lot of people like that better, Roush included. I, I understand the history of the three seed, and I do understand, you know, that when the game would end at midnight, that would be a pretty significant deal. I, I also do agree, Roush, it's not the perfect setup to have the turnaround to have to play at 3.30 the following day. Mm -hmm, right. But to, to break it down, you know, that's a 16-hour break. At best, teams get, I think, like a 22-hour break. But, you know, some teams get anywhere from an 18- to 20-hour break. So you're really only talking about a difference of three to four hours. I know that that actually can matter. But it, if Kentucky's the three spot and they don't win the SEC tournament, I'm not going to come in on the show and say, Be well, all fired it, up. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. would have won Saturday <laughs> if they had played a better time spot on Friday. I won't do that take. I can promise you that. So okay. if they are the three – my expectations for Kentucky are still to win the SEC tournament because I think they're the best team in the SEC. Yeah, the um, the one part I think with the turnaround, it's it's more about getting geared down at night. Like if your game ends at eleven, you're at best going to sleep at like one one thirty. Hell, I mean we get we'll be up two hours later and we didn't even play in the damn game, you know? Like <laughs> so, like the, the the rest that that can be tough. Um, and I, I just hope that, like, ultimately it do, doesn't matter that much. Um, but, you know, if you can't get two wins in the SEC tournament, they might keep you from getting a one seed, which could keep you from going to Philly or something like that or having a little bit better regional access. So I hope that's not the case. Um, I think the, the best realistic scenario for Kentucky to get the two seed, Arkansas has to beat Tennessee – but then lose to LSU or yeah. So lose to LSU on Tuesday at home and then beat Tennessee on the road on Saturday. That, that sounds like a stretch. You'd also need like uh, Auburn to somehow lose. Like you could, they could lose that Mississippi state, but they aren't losing to South Carolina too. So it's pretty much, I think at this point, Kentucky's probably locked into that three seed in the SEC tournament. And you just hope that, um, Hey, you were going to have to play two tough teams regardless. So, uh, or at least one difficult team in that semifinals, just go ahead and get that win. Walk up that one seed because it is going to be annoying whenever uh, Kansas and Kentucky are up for potential one seeds and you just know that Kentucky beat the snot out of about 30 and the selection committee is not going to care.
well, I just I got I got way I, sh- I should not have gotten that deep in the weeds. But TJ, you're no, on mute, buddy. If you if they if the selection committee, I think will. Um, they said on the little preview thing that they will take that head to head in consideration. Uh, but yeah, conference tournament should matter. How many times we hear that that Sunday game ends up not mattering is frustrating, but it it should matter. Um, whether you're one or four in the SEC tournament, there's no guarantee you'll have an easier or tougher road. Uh, that's I don't know if that's always the the case in the SEC. Well, no, it's not always the case, but I think this year more so than any other because you. Who are the teams in that quarterfinal that you'd want to avoid? Maybe uh, Alabama, maybe LSU. So just by the luck of the draw, looks like Alabama is going to be that five. So maybe avoiding the four, you know, it doesn't really matter at the like. And is there that yeah, big of yeah. a difference between LSU and a Florida in terms of an SEC conference tournament play? Uh, I would rather probably play a Florida, but if Kentucky can't beat an LSU on a Friday after having six days off, then maybe we weren't as good as we thought we were. So it doesn't really matter between one and four, the timing, the stuff that it, it, it will depend more on matchups. And we don't know exactly what that will look like. Uh, but going back to that Arkansas game, Roush, mm-hmm. where do you stand on the Keon Brooks three? We talked about how Kellen Grady could have pushed the lead to four. He didn't. Arkansas came back down. You had the free throws. Uh, you had some other shots, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, Arkansas is up three. UK, they come out. They run some of their set. Keon Brooks, completely left wide open. He shoots a three with about, I don't know, 35 seconds left, something like that. No good. And then, obviously, it's just kind of a free throw contest after that. And Kentucky loses. What would you think of the Keon Brooks three? Uh, I, I think some of it you have to credit Arkansas for in late game situations being like, we're going to make books and we are this. And uh, I, I, especially knowing how Kentucky plays, like you kind of offensively, a lot of times Kentucky's offense really is just take whatever they give you. And, you know, I mean, he was, he was so open. He was so open. I, I, I didn't mind that shot that bad. Like, I really didn't. Um, I I think the game hinged more on Grady not taking that three. And hell, even just Brooks, I mean, that lob they had drawn up to him was the perfect lob play, and it just went right through his hands. That was going to be so damn awesome. Um, so ultimately, I, I, I'm not too I, – I don't think as much hinged on the Keon miss and down three that open. I, I, I didn't mind him taking it that much. I'm not, I'm not going to be all hot takey about Keon shot, shot selection in that situation. Yeah, especially when the other guys had played so poorly. Like, what we already taken, or excuse me, Washington hadn't shot very well all night. Grady had only taken three shots. Like, I, I didn't mind it that much. I think you you had a what, what's the phrase the the litmus test. Uh, yeah, I think you had a little mm-hmm. bit of a litmus test of like people who know or slash played basketball. And that's not to say like you had to play at a high level. I certainly did not. But I think you really just, you had people kind of tell on themselves of who kind of understands basketball based. If you watch the game, of course, you'd have to watch the entire game Mm -hmm. to have that take. But nothing was coming easy for Grady or Mintz the entire game. That's why they combined to take five shots between them. Like Arkansas (laughs) did an amazing job just covering them anywhere that they were on the floor at any given moment. 
and it didn't really come so easy for Washington either, for that matter. Uh, he can get more open and create his own shots, unlike Grady and Mintz, or he can do a better job than those two guys. But you saw whether it was the rust of not playing for a couple weeks um, or just he was working so hard to get open that there wasn't a lot enough left in the tank to be able to make the shot. He was 3 of 12. 3 of 12, and one of those makes, the, his only three make was that desperation, meaningless shot there at the buzzer. So for all intents and purposes, you should call it 2 and 11 and 0 of 3 from deep. So between the guards, you were 3 of 16, and you got to give Arkansas credit. They were not letting any of those guys get open. They were not leaving them. They were making it really, really tough for them. So that being said, you have a wide open shot from somebody. I'm totally all right with it. Do I want Keon Brooks being our first go-to three-point shooter? Absolutely not. No, he shouldn't be first option, shouldn't be second option, really probably shouldn't be third option. But in a game where a lot didn't come easy, you have mm -hmm. a wide open shot from a shooter that, no, he's a 25% three-point shooter, so you'd want ideally somebody with a better percentage to be shooting that. But mm -hmm. we've seen Keon hit deep jumpers time and time again. It wasn't my favorite Saturday. Anybody getting mad at that shot, I think, is just looking for something to criticize or they're telling on themselves a little bit about their basketball IQ. It was a wide-open shot in a game where virtually nothing came easy. Now, that's not to say you couldn't have tried some other stuff. I wouldn't have wanted Wheeler or Washington or Grady or Mintz just to dribble around frantically and then throw up a desperation heave just because – theoretically, they're better shooters than Brooks, uh, Wheeler excluded, but the other three guys. So you got an open look, that's fine. Roush, I wouldn't minded maybe throwing it into the post to Oscar, not because I think Oscar would have scored. I saw some people saying that too. How do you not give it to the guy who has 30 points? Throw it to him on the block. I would have been okay throwing it to him on the block with the understanding of like, Oscar, they're going to double team you. Yeah, they have they have this entire game, especially as the game went on. You're not going to be able to score here by yourself just because you're going to have too many bodies on you. But once they do collapse, make a pass, and then maybe one more pass, and boom, maybe somebody's wide open. Maybe you can get Arkansas to scramble a little bit. But Arkansas had scrambled a little bit, and the guy that was left wide open was Brooks. So if they wanted to go inside the post and do a little inside out, maybe that could have resulted into something. But as it as it worked, you still did get a wide-open shot and a three when you were yeah. down three. It just didn't go in. So I didn't have an issue with that. There were I, I hated Calipari not playing Grady there in the first half because he picked up two fouls. This was the first game in Grady's career as a Wildcat that he's had four fouls in a game. He's never fouled out of a game. I hated that decision from Calipari to keep him on the bench. I thought the game could have gotten away from Kentucky. Sure enough, it didn't. So I guess at the end of the day, maybe Calipari proved to be right. But maybe if Grady stays in the game, he gets going or he gets heated. Uh, he, you know, he, he he plays a little bit better. I didn't love keeping him on the bench with the two fouls there in the first half. So I don't think it was a perfectly coached game by any stretch of the imagination. I just didn't have any issue with that three from Brooks. No, and – even just getting it into Oscar in the post was difficult. And if you noticed, like, even though he was eating, like, just eating Jalen Williams up, that Pete Gillen, my God, that guy was. No, we got to talk about him an hour. He too. was so bad. Uh, but if you notice, they weren't just like most of the post entries, 
Kentucky had to do a lot of action to be able to get Oscar the ball. Like that's where you do have to credit Williams and Arkansas because like there was it would usually take about eight seconds of the shot clock and multiple screens before Oscar had ideal position to be able to get set up in the post and actually have an opportunity to score. Uh, you know, and I think under a normal circumstance, Tata Washington probably gets the ball in his hands and is trying to run the pick and roll and get a quick two there and, and, and foul instead of relying on the three. But you take what they give you, um, and that was the case. So I'm not – yeah, I, I, can't, I can't get too worked up there. I mean, in, and as we're going through this, it really is remarkable that Kentucky was in this game, TJ, just with how poor the guards shot. Um, but that's where you got you got to give credit to Oscar, man. I mean, he had Kentucky's, I think, first nine points, and then he assisted on their next two or three buckets and then scored another. Kentucky was able to claw itself back despite a 15-0 run in the first minute of the game by Arkansas. They called their way back because Oscar was just a man among boys. I mean, he was incredible, um, really. <laughs> I mean, he was rebounding his own missed free throws. <laughs> like, that's how good he was against Arkansas on Saturday. Yeah, it, he was He was special. He was spectacular. And just seeing him and Note go back and forth was so much fun. Uh, Arkansas is a good team. Credit to them. I think Kentucky's better. If that game's at Rupp or on a neutral side, even with Kentucky playing poorly, probably is a win. Uh, it mm. took 30 points from Note at home and a double-double by Williams to to narrowly escape Kentucky. Moody was just hitting everything. He was kind of mm -hmm. the difference maker. It was just like Kentucky, agrees, you, you could survive, you know, just Note going crazy, Williams doing his thing. It was that sidekick. His 13 points, that was really probably the difference maker in that game. Credit to you, too. Uh, you were right about Arkansas and Note, like being a team you don't want to match up against because he can just go the hell off. He he has some Kimba Walker energy to his game. So like, the same thing to my stepdad on Saturday. I was like, would anybody be shocked seeing Arkansas in the Final Four just because Note had four games where he averaged 33 points a game or something not, like not, that? Not at all. I, I, I'm probably going to like write that scenario in my bracket. <laughs> now, on the flip side, you know, Note has a bad game. Arkansas is a five seed taking on a 12. Note has a bad game. Boom, they're upset first round. Like, neither one would totally surprise me. But, yes, he's got the Kimba, Shabazz Napier in him to be able to make a huge run. We've got hour two coming up. We've got so much more to get to. we got a full mm -hmm. text line to get to as well. Do not go anywhere. It's going to be a lot of fun. Even with the UK losing, listen to us. We're fine. Nobody's worried. Nobody's panicked. It's going to be a hell of a March run, and March starts tomorrow. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roush, what'd you take a bite of there? Don't be shy. A little peanut butter toast. How oh, was it? Oh. <laughs> Justin. You had a mouthful. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, the peanut butter is extra melty today. 
Good, good. Uh, uh, that was uh, getting to see you take a bite of it. That was a nice treat. Welcome back. This is Kentucky Roll Call. As Justin Kalen said, he's our producer. Nick Roush is eating the peanut butter toast. And I'm TJ Walker. Thank you for joining us. Hour two, it's going to be a lot of text messages into the Thornton's text line. And you should go to Thornton's to fill up your car with gasoline. Gas prices high. Save some money by going to Thornton's. If you're a refreshing rewards refuel app member you will save money each and every time you go to the pump now more than ever that stuff matters because prices are out the wazoo and also on the thornton's app it will tell you the cheapest prices around you so all good stuff from the thornton's app shout out to kelly leonardo and alex cupper keep the text coming in to the thornton's text line 502-414-1450 roush there's a lot more about this game i want to talk about just more college basketball previewing, March Madness, the SEC tournament. Uh, luckily, we got a full week of shows. Luckily, we still have a second hour. I know a lot of the texters are going to bring up a lot of good points. But while we've got a nice little break right now, UK's got an offensive coordinator. That happened pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, it was less than a week that the coaching search lasted. Uh, Kentucky... When uh, my ex-boss said that he had a source say that Stoops is about to pull a rabbit out of a hat, and within an hour, we learned that Rich Scangarillo, or wait, no, that's not right, Rich Scangarillo, uh, or just Rich Scangarillo, he is going to be Kentucky's next offensive coordinator, San Francisco 49ers quarterback coach. I sold a lot of you all on Rob Calabrese last week uh, as one of the candidates, and this guy is basically up the chain of command from Calabrese. Scangarillo brought Calabrese into the league, hired him uh, a couple times. They turned it up a notch. That's why I got excited about the addition because this is one step farther up the draft. I, I didn't think we could get, uh, not going to lie, I didn't think Kentucky could swing for the fences like this. Um, they had, uh, it's the San Francisco 49ers quarterback coach. I know Jimmy G isn't exactly a beacon of awesomeness, um, but he was in the NFC Championship game last year. He's been hired by Kyle Shanahan three times. That's how trusted he is with this guy. Skangarillo played an important role in going to draft Trey Lance. So he he it's a big deal. I I, I know that like uh, some folks were trying to like get a jab and like oh, but you don't know who this guy is. Like how, how do you know if this is a good hire or not? And it's like based purely on pedigree. That, I I don't I don't know what more you could want on such short notice if you're trying to hire from the McVeigh Shanahan coaching tree than from going and getting the, his quarterbacks coach big time get for the Cats Mingus yeah he really took a shot at you it's like no dude I wrote about this guy on Tuesday you moron like suck it buddy you, you did you did you clapped back pretty quickly yeah it it ticked me off because like. Uh, it's it's I just it's like uh, what do you think I've not been paying attention to like all of the Shanahan like I've, all of these people I've been checking the last week um, I just thought that this guy was out of our it, it's kind of like last year where you thought it was Shane Waldron the quarterbacks coach but it turns out Kentucky had to take a step down to get the assistant quarterbacks coach we thought they were going to get the assistant instead they got the legit quarterbacks coach um, so <laughs> I, I think it's a a big time get and most importantly. He shared a staff with Zach Yenzer last year. And 
I didn't I, I didn't even really understand this at the time, but I think a lot of the times when they call run plays, the offensive coordinator will call where the running backs are supposed to be going. But then the offensive line, that call is made by the offensive line coach. So, like, when they were having all that success with Grand, yes, Grand was a part of – responsible for a lot of it. But so was John Sharman. John Sharman had his fingerprints all over some of those run calls. And I think that's what you're going to see with Yenzer and Scangarillo next fall at Kentucky. Yeah, hopefully it's a seamless transition and – you you don't have the terminology doesn't have to change too much it can it can be easy for will levis and supposedly you know he was on board with this and was kept in the loop with it uh is this the guy that liam cohen recommended or no he he recommended i think a younger guy uh, initially but like cohen was in the room for all of these interviews gotcha Gotcha. All right. Well, that's good. That's good news as well. So it just, it, it, I hopefully it's just smooth sailing. And in a perfect world, you don't really even notice that there is a difference in the offense. You know, maybe, maybe some schemes are different here or there. The real football Freddies can notice the, the, the nuances of this is a little different than the year before, but for the average fan, as long as the offense scores points, it's going to look good to us. As long as the offense goes out there, can move the ball. Nah, I, I don't care so much about this, but I understand the people that do. You want it to be versatile. You want to be able to run the ball. You want to be able to throw the ball. You want to be able to throw the ball deep. You need to be able to b- throw the ball short. Uh, I just want one that puts up points. And ultimately, I just want a team that wins games. But the offense was fun last year. It was nice being – it. Kentucky could be down and you felt like you got a chance to come back because you could actually throw the ball. Kentucky could be up and you felt good about Kentucky being able to just move the chains and kind of bury a team. Hopefully those things remain the same, Roush, and you don't really notice too big of a change one way or another between last year's UK offense and this year's UK offense. That That's that's the goal in all of this. Um, as Stoops said in the release, the goal was to to keep the train moving, consistency, continuity. Um, and, and I think just if you look at all the, if you look at the kind of field of candidates, Scangarilla provides that a lot of others didn't is you aren't taking as big of a chance because you've got like the, he he's spent a lot of years in coaching. You're not just getting some thirty year old that's still real wet behind the ears. He's he's a seven years in the NFL. I think about twenty overall. Started coaching around two thousand. Seen a lot of different stuff around the league. So. Uh, Real exciting. Glad we didn't have to talk ourselves into Kenny Loggins. That dude had the stink of uh, Adam Gase all over him. Uh, Cal Reese is young. He he only really coached the Jets. I mean, there, there wasn't a whole lot there. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's exciting. Uh, and it's good that they got this done now for spring practice to begin next week. I'm sure he'll, this week is all about getting acquainted. Here's the kind of initial offense we've got and then going from there. So, um not missing a beat, didn't take much time, wrapped it up in a week, and, and now uh, the football team can can move forward with the, the 2022 squad. All righty. N- nice to, I, I guess, crisis averted. It's not Dan Mullen. I, no, no player is going to get extra smooches, unfortunately. Mm. But uh, this could have been a really bad spot for Kentucky. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I could see a scenario where – it's October, 
things haven't really gone the way we wanted and maybe we say maybe we should have seen this coming kentucky had you know they had to change things a lot of different personnel late in the game offensive line coach quarterbacks coach all or, or you know offense coordinator all that stuff it's it's we should have known but hopefully that's not the case seems like everybody's happy there's not a lot of ruffled feathers uk moved quickly the important pieces were on board and hopefully we don't look back and say, oh, well, the, the, we should have, we probably should have known, but we'll have a better idea too. You know, if we'll, we'll read between the lines during the spring practices, Roush, if people seem unhappy, those will be radio conversations. And then it'll be source season as well, where uh, behind closed doors, people will say stuff. So we'll get a better idea, but as of now, at least seems like crisis averted. UK's the, the train keeps rolling along. Choo-choo. Let's get Choo-choo. to the text train. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get to the Thornton's text on 502-414-1450. Let's do it to it. Uh, the first texter says, uh, Rob Doster is still on the Johnny Davis thing, too. Well, it should be over after this weekend, right? Oh, no. Jeff Goodman said, J.D. Note, add him to the mix. Sheboy's minus 240. I'm not scared of anyone. He's 240 today. Minus, minus 240. 240. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. After Saturday, it was like, you know, 30 and 18. And he's still that anybody else gets steamed by the bottom line on ESPN for the rest of Saturday because I still watch college basketball all throughout the day. And I always get bugged where it shows the score and Kentucky losing. It's always just like another, a little more salt, just a tiny little pour salt into the wound. But it, but I, and it really doesn't bother me. I'm mostly being facetious, but it did kind of trigger me that the lead on the ESP and the lead, like the most important stories of the day, it's note 30 points as Arkansas upsets Kentucky or whatever it was. First off, Arkansas was favorite in Vegas. They were at home. <laughs> it was what it was. And secondly, you could have gone like Note outlast Chibwe in 30-point duel or something. You know, like how are you not going to talk about the national player of the year? Because Oscar Chibwe will be. How are you not even going to mention his 30 and 18? Like 30 and 18. 30 yeah. and 18. If, if, if Jabari Smith had that at Auburn, people would just lose their minds. If Chet had 30 and 18 against St. Mary's, people would have lost. It's 30 and 18, and Oscar makes it seem so normal that it doesn't even hardly get mentioned. But he was unbelievable. Uh, it's a, the player of the year race is over. At, Chris Fisher tweeted me, and he said it best that like if anybody's do anybody that's doing it is basically just saying I'm not going to vote for Oscar, and here are my BS reasons as to why. Now I will give uh, Jeff Goodman. Gosh, he just I don't get it. I, he just seems to like, I like when he talks college basketball, but he seems so goofy. And then Baird Sally is being annoying too. Like, has he just. Well, because he doesn't know. He He's from the Auburn New Money Group. He doesn't know how college basketball works. That dude's a dumbass. Was, well, no, I was going to say, like, have you just discovered UK fans on social media? Like, yeah. we're a pretty passionate bunch, but like, he seems like he's just like figured out this new toy and he's just trying to rile everybody up. Don't fall for the bait. 
from old Barrett Sally. He, he also uses Twitter like Facebook. He doesn't like communicate how everybody else uses Twitter. It's very bizarre. I've just come to just dislike him because he's a he's he, he's just a prick. He's an I arrogant prick. I don't. I don't dislike him. Don't let him get you all riled up. No, no. I, I've disliked him for like a while, but this is he, he's really showing his ass in over the last few months because he's he's very ignorant and he doesn't even like have fun with Twitter during college football. You're supposed to be CBS's big college football guy, and you over here tweet like you're. A, I just I just don't like him. Don't like him on on the internet. He's not good at it. See, I I, I had liked him, but. Something scary has unfolded with all this. Uh, I thought he was just like somebody that would cover pretty much all the teams in the SEC on a national level. I generally felt like he was pretty fair and somewhat kind of like nice about UK football, which you don't always get from the national folks. So I, I had had him in, but hearing, seeing, and again, I know he's mostly just trolling, and we've already spent probably too much time on him yeah, as yeah. it stands right now. But like seeing him with his college basketball takes. It's just like, could he be so wrong about football that I've just been misinformed for however long I've been following his analysis and takes? It's one of those scary moments where it's like, oh, no. Yeah, Maybe I've just yeah. been like fed BS the whole time. Uh, I'm just going to fall in line with what you said, that he's new to basketball. This is all eyes wide open sort of deal. He's enjoying the Auburn run, um, but he's he's turned into quite the little troll. Well, and the part that – the part that uh, has annoyed me too is I always, I thought he was a grinder, but he doesn't really do much work in college football. He's got a sweet gig. He just like shows up and does CBS Sports HQ stuff and delivers takes. Um, it's it's like I, I thought he was supposed to be the SEC's Tom Fernelli, where you think of one guy for CBS Sports covering your conference. It's supposed to be this guy. He just he's just, he's not a grinder. He's not good at his job, and it, it shows when he tries to have basketball takes. Well, I appreciate his football analysis, but now I'm questioning everything. A texter says, really want our full roster to have two-plus games together heading into the tourney. Well, you may be in luck. Uh, seems like maybe they're going to have three games together before going into the SEC tourney. I got nervous when Ty Ty went down um, or where he landed kind of goofy on his ankle. Wheeler was looked like he got banged up a little bit too. Um, but good to see them go out there. They did not play particularly well when when Washington hit that little jump shot baseline jumper you know that kind of classic 12 15 footer that he knocked down that was late in the second half I was thinking like oh no he if he gets going once he hit that shot I was like oh boy that's that's vintage Tata Washington if he can get that going he's gonna maybe just take over this game and Kentucky's gonna close it out and win unfortunately that was not the spark he needed, but Kentucky need he's got to go win Kentucky a game at some point. Again, welcome back. Glad you're healthy. If you are even hundred percent, which he probably is not. Uh, but this March, Kentucky's going to need Ty Ty Washington to win them a game. So I, I hope he can uh, get it together sooner rather than later. But once he hit that shot, I thought like, oh boy, he may just heat up and take it over. He did not do that, unfortunately. Man, the. Um... I think you could really see how the injury slowed him down just defensively more so than anything. Is he that first step, he got beat a few times. It's like, whoo, ta-ta. And then when Toppin goes in, I thought he did a good job covering him. And then no Tabriel is like, oh, if I just fall down, they'll call a foul. Not only do they call a foul, they try to review it. And it's like, oh, so you're just watching him just fall down and you're giving the other team a foul. Uh Doug Shouse just so bad at his job. Like the thing I think 
Justin, if we want another, we've been talking about our platforms for fixing officiating. There's few people that you know on a first name basis because they're so bad all of the time. Why don't you like demote them and make them like earn their way back to being a, like he was every time he made a call, I was like, no, it should have been the opposite. The time where they, they called a jump ball because Davion oh Mintz walked after he got pushed. It's like he it was you just called that because you missed the foul. Like he got pushed with two hands. Like it was it was so I mean, even like inbounds, out of bounds calls. I'm like, you got that wrong. I don't need to see a CBS replay, which they wouldn't show, to know that you got that wrong. Like you, it's just objectively, factually incorrect. And I just cannot believe he still is can like get prime time demo games in college basketball. In a game that had a million jump balls, the they call a foul on Toppin for trying to get a loose ball. That was really oh, annoying too. God, that was so bad too. Like, there's just players on the floor. The ball is not secured by anybody. Toppin's like, I may try to take this ball here. And then, boom, foul call on him. That 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 was horrible. Uh, going back to Note, you know, he only shot two free throws. The weird thing, I actually thought Kentucky, this is like, this may be just a terrible take, but I actually thought Kentucky did an okay job defending him. The dude was just nuts. Yeah. I mean, early in the game, it was those threes that had a higher arc than a rainbow on them. And then late in the game, it was just all over. You know, he'd go inside and score. He'd hit some mid-range, hit some outside shots. Uh, you know, actually, I don't know if he hit a three in the second half now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe he hit one. But um, Kentucky just – they tried different things. I thought that they made it tough on him. He just was scoring. He was in a zone. And uh, that happens sometimes in the game of basketball. But – and hopefully if Kentucky sees Arkansas again, he won't be so in the zone. But it was a weird game for so many different reasons, and that's one of them, that like Arkansas's two best players had great games, and Arkansas only wins by two. Kentucky's best player has an amazing game, locks up National Player of the Year as far as I'm concerned. Everybody else that, you know, players two through six, if you're going down the pecking order for UK, they played horrible. And then again, Kentucky loses by two on the road at Arkansas. So a lot of weird things you can take from, from Saturday's game. Ultimately, it's still all the same counts as a loss, which is unfortunate because, as I mentioned in hour one, missed opportunity to, to be a, a top seed and just really kind of control your own destiny the rest of the way. But I still think if Kentucky wins out, they'll, they'll be a number one seed. So in that regard, I guess you still do control your own destiny. But you're probably uh, gonna, you're going to get a, cl a clinch of the SEC if you would have won on Saturday, which would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah. Well, let's get back to this Thorns text line before we get to a break. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Pretty cool of Cohen to stick around and help find the next OC. He could have easily been on the first flight out to LA. I agree wholeheartedly. Agree wholeheartedly. Did LA I ever think... announce this? By the way. Um. I. I don't know if they have made the announcement yet. I know I saw like Peter Schrager talking about him, um, who's like NFL Network, big national writer and stuff for him. So for all intents and purposes, uh, but I, I, have, I don't think I've seen a press release from the Rams. So uh, we're actually going to get to Sean McVay is talking at the Combine on like Wednesday or something. So interested to hear his thoughts about Cohen and how all that went down. Not yet. Should should be interesting to hear. A texter says, hey, Arnold is my personal goat. Shout out to Rocket Power and Rugrats as well. 
specifically the Passover episode. I actually do remember that Passover episode of the Rugrats. Uh, pretty good. Hey it's Arnold like, is the goat. Great taste. Hey, I, I agree. Hey Arnold, probably the the goat. It was amazing. A good reference to Rocket Power. Uh, boogity woogity woogity. That feel, <laughs> feels like it didn't last as long, but it was a pretty good show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was. It was a little bit later on, but Fairly Odd Parents were. Uh, that was a good one as well. I enjoyed Fairly Odd Parents. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Texter says scamming people who buy NFTs is cool. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> deer and fox certified cool have you seen um like boogie is just a beast for the denver Nuggets. i just feel like everywhere he's been playing lately he plays well and i know he got waved at the in milwaukee and some milwaukee fans were pretty upset about it but it seems like as an offensive player he's almost like i'm not gonna say as good as anyone in the nba but still well above average as an offensive player yeah, uh, they're ten and zero with him in the lineup. I think it was one of those things too, where uh, a lot of teams were just kind of taking a flyer on him and didn't realize, like, okay, we don't really need this. But hell, having him, he's kind of like a uh, older uh, Jokic to an extent because he's a really good passer in the post. He's a good offensive player. It's just like you said that the defense not quite there like it used to be for Boogie because he he comes from the the previous generation where. You know, it wasn't just five out all the time back then. And he, he kind of gets stuck on guys in an island sometimes. So, but happy for him. Very happy that he's got a nice little landing spot to try to make another run in the playoffs. Let's take our last break. We'll come back. We'll have to probably rush through the text line more than I was anticipating. I uh, was hoping to get to spend more time on it. But that's how these shows go. It's a busy time of the year. We'll come back. We'll get to them. This is KRC on Big Export Radio. Oh, come Monday, it'll be all right. Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days in a brown LA haze. And I just want you back by my side. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. Go ahead and add it up. Every cent's accounted for. Look. See this? That's a car. 275000 Might want to hang on to that one. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. One final segment here on your Monday. It's a new week, which means I can go back to Salsaritas. Wife only lets me go once a week. Sometimes I I sneak in another one. But uh, it's a new week. I'm back. I'll probably use it in here. I'll probably use my Salsaritas pass for the week here in about uh, two hours or so. A couple hours. Check it out. Get a quesadilla, a burrito, taco salad, wildly addictive chips, spicy hot salsa, delicious queso, guacamole, and then awesome Fountain Powerade if you're a Fountain Powerade guy like myself. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Download the Salseritas app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. And you can order all online from Salseritas. All right, let's get back to this Thornton sex line. Long way to go. I need to try to get out around nine. Uh, you all can okay. go a little later if you want to. But um, so we need to try to be quick here. A texture says, texture not gonna, says, yeah, not going to lie, Roush, 
but that omelet you posted on Twitter looks like the absolute explosive gasoline. Woo! Some people disagreed, but you know what? That's the sacrifice that you make when you you post food on Twitter. Um, some people approve, some people don't. Uh, I was getting a lot of hate for like, oh, won't you use some Pam? It's like, dude, it couldn't have flipped if I didn't put oil down first. Like, it's just some of it stuck. By the it's way, good, I was Pam. I I was being critical. I was just trolling. It looked good. Yeah, I'm sure you are too. And you know what? I don't care. Troll away. It was delicious breakfast. I mean, it looked a little sloppy, maybe, but it did look good. I also put salsa in it before I did the flip, so you know that gets it gets a little bit runny there. I probably should have waited, but I don't I don't like it to have like a cold salsa with hot eggs. It just I don't know. It's a little I hear you. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. A texter five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. I look at the NFTs much like the crypto, similar to the dot-com boom bubble of the late 90s, early 2000s. There is money to be made, dumb money mostly, at least right now. But 95% of the assets are per, per, purely speculative. Sorry, jumped up on me. Think thinkpets.com versus Amazon or Google versus Ask Jeeves. It wasn't obvious what anything was actually worth for most people, and a lot of people lost a lot of money. Some of it's real, but very little of it, so you have to be careful with the NFTs. That's uh, I, I like that. A, a little perspective for us, some financial perspective on a, on a Monday. I do. I think that's probably... I feel like I just got smarter. I think that's great analysis, but yeah, I don't really know enough about it to know, but that... At least for my dumb brain, that checks out. Thank you. Tom. Yeah, uh, hook on sinker. You got me. <laughs> Let's make gang gang happen. I don't know what that means. Oh, for the offensive coordinator. Gangarello. <laughs> Move the skangs. <laughs> Sitting Grady the last 10 minutes of the first half and our offense was on life support. Seemed a bit unnecessary. He really gets in foul trouble. Have to trust him there for at least a few minutes. Thank goodness for Oscar. What could be only down six at half? And you know what? Part of the reason why I had that hope too, TJ, is because they it was the same script as the Alabama and the LSU game. Get down big and then make a comeback right before half, and you look around, you're like, oh, wow, this is closer than I thought. So it was the same story, just different day. So I, I kind of fell for it there for a little bit. Yeah, I you would have thought I would have sent that text in because those would have been my exact halftime thoughts. Being down six, I thought was a gift. Knew Kentucky was going to make a run there in the second half, uh, but also felt like unnecessary to keep Grady on the bench that long for for foul trouble. You got to be able to trust some of your players, and Grady's not somebody that fouls a ton. Trust him, and then if he picks up a third, all right, then keep him on the bench. And if that hurts you for the second half a little bit, that's fine. You never want a game to get away from you in the first half. Now, sure enough, it didn't, and Cal, I guess, kind of technically proven to be right because it. Grady ended up with four fouls. He couldn't have afforded another one. Um, but it's still, I don't like his policy. So I hated that it kind of worked out well for him in that regard. But one of these games, uh, and hopefully it's not the rest of this season, but one of these games, he's going to do that. And Kentucky's going to be down like eight or nine in the first half. And then boom, before you know it, it's going to be like 20 point deficit and you're going to feel like the game's over. But hopefully not this year. Oh man, we've got some people who are mad at Keon Brooks here. And I think it's a little over the top. Well, this is the Keon game, the game he lost. This missed wide open shot, stupid offensive foul, and then he takes the three at the end. Terrible. The, the offensive foul, though, when you watch it, the dude was was ready for the flop because instead, like, I don't think you need to have a play to score there. 
But like they knew exactly what was going to happen there. It was going to be the post I up. Hated all of that. I hated yeah. that whole thing, and you could see it. You could almost see it coming. But I hated that Keon gave them something to call. That's on yep. Keon. It was yep. a flop. I hated that they called it in that spot. I don't think they call that. Uh, you know, you don't call that an NCAA tournament game. You don't call that at Rupp Arena. You don't call that probably even in a neutral site game. You called it because you had a you had thousands of people making pig noises right behind your ear. That's why you called it. But mm -hmm. there was something there to call, which was I, I'm a little disappointed in Keon in that. Uh, yeah, I, I he should have caught the lob. That was a mistake, and he should have made the three at the end. I wish he would have, but I don't blame him for taking that shot. Uh, I don't either. I don't either. Um, Texter says, if I was as confident with women as Keon is at shooting bad shots, I'd be Hugh Hefner. So dead. I don't think that's <laughs> too soon. <laughs> I mean, it's true. No, no, not not, not too soon. I just, Keon, um, Keon had a couple of nice shots. Well, that's uh, the thing, too. Was struggling. Like, somebody go check out the box score and then be critical of Keon. Yes, I, he made mistakes. He played. He did did things that I wish he didn't do, and he didn't do some things I wish he did. He did, but look at the box score. Like He's Keon, Kentucky's second leading scorer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kentucky needed Keon. Boards. They probably just needed a little bit more, unfortunately, and he was unable to deliver. But Mintz was a no show. Grady was a no show. Washington, he you know he tried to create some offense, but he had an off night, unfortunately, as well. Uh, Wheeler, you know, was a little sloppy at times. So Brooks did. Good things. He unfortunately mm -hmm. just didn't do enough of them, and he had some chances to really win the game for Kentucky, and he came up short. That's just the reality of the situation. I despise Doug Shouse so much. Thing about it is Higgins had a clear bias, but Shouse, he actually tries to do his job. He's just awful at it. Does anyone honestly think Arkansas only committed four fouls in the second half? Just terrible. And I don't mean to pile on Keon, but missed easy lob, took an ill-advised three, Pushed off on the inbounds. He's got to get it together. We need him. All right, again, it wasn't an ill-advised three, but it just didn't go in. And the other things, that's fine. Uh, Doug Shouse, I feel like I defend him too much. He does just make – he just is a little too predictable as an official, unfortunately. So uh, him and Cal actually have a decent relationship. So it's kind of weird that Kentucky always seems to get hosed, but generally it's road games, and he's not alone in being influenced by the crowd, unfortunately. Ooh, another texter is showing themselves. Keon is garbage. Toppin has to play crunch time. It's like, well, but Toppin scored two points on two shots. And you needed to have offense in at the Ooh, end. Offensive play, that uh, things I would have done differently offensively if I was Calipari. Final two minutes, I probably would have taken Wheeler out. Uh, not that I think like he deserved to be out necessarily. I think you could have just thrown a little wrench in Arkansas's defensive game yeah. planning if they had to guard three. You know, if you kind of went a little bit more to the Grady Mints offense that you saw these last two games, and maybe it wouldn't have worked. Again, Mints and Grady were not good on Saturday, but I think it could have confused Arkansas enough where you could have gotten an easy bucket here or there. Somebody would have overplayed, boom, back door. Somebody like, like especially off, off that timeout. You know, like yeah, we're, we're, they're prepared for one thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That would have been a Just nice gonna, shock to the system. And, you know, Wheeler hit some ugly shots, two of the ugliest that I think, you know, the bank shot and then the one off the back iron and they just like poop and then fell in. Um, but they were just playing off of them. They didn't care. And rightfully so. You know, you shouldn't fear Wheeler really shooting the ball. I think that's one area Cal missed an opportunity to get an easy basket. So many, nothing came easy unfortunately for Kentucky you know Oscar makes it look easy but Arkansas was all over UK uh, every for 40 minutes really
Text her, 502-414-1450. Gross loss overall. Can't wait to fall to a three seed. Why don't you cry more about it, buddy? Text her, still nothing worse than SEC officiating when Kentucky's on the road in a hostile environment. It's just <sighs> predictable is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that's the key is at least we're so conditioned to it now. Like, we've come to expect it. Um, Shell's making sure Kentucky loses is so wild. Disappointing. Disappointing. Mm-hmm. Another um, texture has the lukewarm take. We have to have something out of our four spot for us to make a legit run. We have incompetence. We are losing early. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you normally get it. I, I thought um, they got about 80% of what they needed from the four spot because I, I did think that Toppin did come in and wreak a little hell defensively. Uh, Keon was good, not great. It was just his mistakes were really amplified. And the, the one that I think was just the most – uh, difficult to swallow. It wasn't necessarily the ones at the end, but it was it was just the mislob. Like, man, that was such a perfect play, and that could have been what? such a momentum getter. It, even if you just catch it and come down, you're getting an easy two points. And I think that would have extended the lead to six. And they turned – Arkansas turned that into – instead of UK being up three or four, they went down and hit like a shot, got to stop, hit another shot. So, like, it was a, it was a big momentum swing. Yeah, just even just the drop, like everything you said is so true. But just the drop of like of being in that arena, thinking, "Oh, we're about ready to get dunked on." To oh my gosh, they just basically handed us the ball on the goal line. It's such a, a momentum switch from yeah, like yeah. oh to oh my gosh, you dinguses, you dropped the ball, and everybody starts going crazy. And you know, if you just hit one shot coming off that, then the crowd really just goes bananas. So. Uh, that was disappointing. Again, just back to this texter. I don't think I disagree with your take. Like, yeah, you're going to need something out of the four spot. But to text that after the game, look at the guards. Like, look, don't blame Saturday on the four spot. Look at the guards. Blame, that's And, again, credit to Arkansas's defense for making it tough on them. But Grady, find a way to get open. Shoot more than three shots. Same with Mintz. And then Washington had no problem getting shots off. But at some point, dude, you just got to make more of them. So, uh, that's mm-hmm. not on the four on Saturday, even with some of the miscues there late. What's with the four jump ball calls? They were calling jump ball each time two players touched the ball. I thought it was like tug of war situation. And then, oh. of course, you had the charge off, too. You had the charge on one end. And it was like, oh, my gosh, you char- you called a charge on Williams. A little taste of your own medicine. Ha-ha, I bet he feels silly. And then literally two seconds later, he mm-hmm. drew a charge against Washington, which was a bad call. And secondly – if we're going to have terrible charge calls, Washington's shot was in the air for like a second, not quite literally, but if the ball had left his hands before there was even any contact. Can we, if you're going to call stupid BS charges of bad defensive plays, can you at least count the basket if it's out of the shooter's hand at that point? Because then really the the shot should count. Like, you know, nothing about the play impacted the shot that should still stand and then if you're gonna call these stupid charges which they do then then call your stupid charge but the ball is out of his hand the, the point should have counted when you know it kentucky lost by two mm-hmm. just by two was there and for you the, make that the right call and you call that an and one and don't reward sliding over and falling down like a dingus all right then boom three-point play kentucky that was the most jump ball games I'd seen in a men's bat like it, it happens all the time there's a lot of times in women's basketball not in men's that that was that was weird so much so that the CBS guy couldn't get the possession arrow flipped quick enough all which, you need yeah all, the all CBS you need, 
go on. Yeah, they didn't have their best broadcast. Pete Gillard. No, no. And even Brad Nessler, like, I didn't even think he did. I, I really like Nessler. But he even seemed a little off. And I think it's just because Gillen was so bad. I never heard of Pete Gillen. I looked him up and it's like, oh, so he coached a bunch of average teams, you know, in the 90s and 80s. Uh, man, he was just... Some, so the whole thing just felt off. It did not feel like your typical CBS broadcast. And uh, I didn't stick around and watch. Did they have Iron Eagle doing the, the 4 o'clock game or did he just call a Sunday game? I don't know. But why in the hell would you have a three-win Oregon State team play on CBS? Really cheapens <laughs> the whole CBS experience for me, to be honest with you. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Ugh. And, of course, UCLA won by 40. That's what you get, CBS. You deserve that. Uh, Texter says, great teams win, great teams cover. Good teams mm -hmm. win, great teams cover. Sorry, got that wrong. Well, compared to how the other top 10 teams did this weekend playing on the road, I'm feeling pretty pretty good about my cats. Pretty I'm wondering, too, yeah. Justin, how a team would – how a person would have done if they just bet money on dogs in all of the 10 top 10 games. True. Been a pretty pretty uh, positive Saturday. Well, so before you got on, Roush, there were only eight – Top 10 games, because number 10 and number 5 played each other. Number 8 was off. So 7 of the 8 top 10 teams that could have lost did. <laughs> That's crazy. Incredible. Oh, man. What a day. Great day of college hoops. Dexter says... Uh, Nova... Go ahead. Nova also lost this week, and Gonzaga is struggling. So losing by 2 at Arkansas isn't looking bad at all. Fixing a few things, and we are still a top 4 team in the country. Oh, I'll find some way to feel slighted when the AP poll comes out today. Some way Kentucky will fall more than other teams to in some regard. There, there will be something wonky. Like every team will stay the same, but Duke will jump Kentucky, so UK will like be the only team that drops or something's gonna happen. You just wait. You just wait. But that's not a bad loss. And anybody that knows anything about college basketball should not punish UK. Really one iota for the loss. At, like we've said multiple times, is really more of a missed opportunity than anything else. Texter says, I get that he's been hurt, so should give him a bit of slack, but Ty Ty Washington has, has to be more of a playmaker for us to win it all, in my opinion. Need to get more from him. Totally agree. And he's been hurt, so yeah, you're fine. That's fine, but he's going to have to go win Kentucky a game, one of these games, and I look forward to seeing it. Hopefully, uh, he can do it. Definitely, definitely. Um Oh, speaking of what I just said a second ago, it's kind of baffling how awful this announcer is for primetime games. Sounds like a dude talking college basketball at Tenerife on a Saturday afternoon. How did he get hired by CBS? <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, there, I wasn't at a bar or anything. And sometimes when, like, we, we do these weekend games, I'll be out with friends. But I was just with a few other people. I don't, some of you all, I don't know how everybody hears every single comment. Like, I'm generally talking or doing, you know, like, I don't know. I the commentators, he was bad and noticeably bad, but I just I didn't let it bother me so much. It was the accent for me. Horrible okay. accent. Oh, uh, see, I like the New York, you know, I, I, I kind of like not. the New York thing. Yeah. No, I'm I'm out on that. Oh man. Uh I get it. He's like seven feet tall and could do stuff like a guard, but my goodness, Chet Holmgren is easy to lead the softest player in college basketball. He gets absolutely bullied and manhandled like a five-year-old child. He will get punked in the NBA by bigs. It's because he weighs 110 pounds. Well, maybe we'll see him go up against Oscar. That would be something. Oh, man, that would be something. Roush bullied David Ubin into writing about Kentucky. Fair play. <laughs> Just I went and saw it. He did something on uh, William Cohen and, and – 
Kentucky's offense in general. But it's like, oh, I did it. <laughs> Happy with how we fought. Couldn't feel better about this team. We're pretty clearly one of the best three or four teams in the country. Let's go. Totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I will I will say the way that college basketball is this year and the way this Kentucky team is this year, though, that like I do, I do genuinely in my heart of hearts think that Kentucky is one of the three to four best teams in the country. I'd probably say three. But I, I also don't think they could be immune to like a second round upset. I don't think they'd lose in the first round. I certainly could happen, uh, but that's the that's the kind of the scary thing about it. Roush is I I also don't not a hundred percent set on this team's like a guarantee to make a deep run. They should. They certainly have all the pieces. But if they had, you know if the guards play like they did on Saturday, that now well then again you know that was the top twenty team on the road. The guards played horrible, and Kentucky still had a chance. So maybe I should feel like this is more of a sure thing. But I definitely do think they are one of the best teams in the country. Uh, and Oscar's runaway player of the year. The texter says the race is over. We we did talk at length about Oscar's incredible game in hour number one. If you missed it, you can go back and check out the Cornbread Hint podcast. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, they're brought to you by our friends at Cornbread Hemp. Visit them at cornbreadhemp.com to shop all your organic CBD full spectrum products out there, whether they're little drops, gummies, whatever it may be. Uh, it's full strength CBD with a little bit of THC in there to help take away your everyday aches and pains. Use the promo code Big X, Big X at checkout, gets you 30% off at cornbreadhemp.com. A texter says, was that Dakari Johnson's little brother playing for Arkansas? He's number 20. It looks just like him. Same last name. It sure is. Kamani Johnson transferred to Arkansas from Arkansas Little Rock and uh, scored a basket and got a, a few rebounds against Kentucky on, on Saturday. It was, it was kind of funny because I think everybody at once kind of had asked that question. It's like, wait, where do I know him? And it was just funny that I had people ask that on Twitter as my friend was like, is that Dakari Johnson's brother? It's like, oh, turns out it is. He did look just like him. Finally looked up Gonzaga quad one wins, and it really is a joke. Of their eight quad one wins, five of those wins include at Santa Clara, San Francisco home and away, BYU, and at home against St. Mary's. None of this should be a quad one win. Why is the WCCC getting so much love in the net, and Gonzaga might remain number one in the AP for some unknown reason? It really, they've just got a cheat code in the whole thing. And the net very much rewards margin. This is what people are thinking. It's seemingly rewarding more margins of victory versus where the opponent is ranked in the net. So like a two-point win over a high-ranked net opponent is equaling out to a blowout win over a low-net-ranked opponent, and that's not how that should work. So I'm guessing they tweak it after this year, but that's something people are noticing. That many people are noticing? You might be noticing? Yes, many people are noticing that you may be noticing. Who's the best putter between you three? Obviously me. Well, if it's if it's an icy ground, I'm uh, unstoppable. I don't think I'll miss a putt if the ground is frozen. So I'll I'll, I'll take third place in this for sure. They call me two putt Terry. The funny thing is, is like give me like a twenty five footer versus like one of those pesky six footers. You know, <laughs> agree. <laughs> Get a little bit more wiggle room there. Uh, another text from the Thorns text line says, "Will Liam Cohen even be calling the place of the Rams now, or will McVay still be doing that?" Oh no, he's not calling plays. 
Yeah, it'll so. be McVay. But guess what? If the Rams repeat or something like that, people are going to want a piece of them some Lee and Cohen. So mm-hmm. he'll be an NFL coach sooner than later. Am I wrong for laughing at Shelby Mass having both Kansas and Baylor's one seeds in his latest bracketology? No, I don't. I, I Well, yes, you are wrong for that. I actually think Shelby's probably in the right with it. Uh, Baylor has the most quad one wins, and they actually do have an pre- uh, impressive resume. Kansas resume, they've got a ton of quad one wins as well. But Shelby will always be quick to say this, and I think he uses this as a shield a little bit. But he's not doing what he would do. He's doing what he thinks the selection committee will do based on the tools that they have to use to draft or to select. So um, we're 13 days away, by the way, for Selection Sunday, which is crazy to think. But it'll be here before you know it. John here, good morning to all. You know, after a game like Saturday, I'm ready to move on to the next one. So I'm not looking back. And for the love of the game, please, MLB, come up with some type of agreement by the end of the day. We need opening day. We need sports. I love March. Let's go. Got, Got to go talk to you later. Couldn't care less about the baseball lockout and all that stuff seems like they do that once every six years it's pretty annoying mm-hmm. uh, play for your fans you goobers yep big time goobers um a texter says manual will definitely beat saint x wow shots called that would sure that's great uh texter says is jalen williams grant williams brother not only do they look alike they flop like each other too that's from brett um both good players too but no i do not think they're related uh, Jalen Williams, a uh, very country guy from Arkansas. I don't think I don't think Grant Williams from Arkansas. I love this text of the show. Ukraine is a mess, Justin. No kidding. That's what I, I I did keep up with a lot of that this weekend. That's that's one thing I did. It's addressed to you. What do you make of it? I mean, it's the texture's absolutely right. It is a mess, and it's only probably sadly enough going to get messier. Man, I saw earlier today, Roush. I had one of these moments that I think a lot of folks have, but like I saw today that the the sanctions on the bank like the the what's it called the ruble it's like yes. ba- it's like basically ruined and these sanctions that america's doing on their bank like the the economy of russia has just tanked and i did this terrible thing where i was like good i'm glad that we're i'm glad the united states being tough with sanctions but then like the only people that's hurting are just regular russian regular citizens, you know yeah, well, i shouldn't yeah. say the only people it's hurting it's hurting everybody but the people that are going to feel the brunt of that and I, I see all these pictures of these lines of ATMs in Russia, and there's just this huge crisis now at home. And then on the flip side, parts of Ukraine are just getting blown up. It's whole thing. It, Justin, you're right. It is a mess, man. It's sad. It's a mess. Nobody wins in all this, and nope. it's, uh, it's terrible. I did at least uh, – there was uh, – one uh, kind of the onion was like, wow, Russian guns mysteriously vanish once the U.S. imposes sanctions. <laughs> oh, Texter says TC from Lexington here. TC from Lexington here, boys. You can't convince me that our new OC isn't Gary Ridgeway, the Green River Killer. Uh, Does there, look like him. There well, is, I don't there think he's the Green River Killer. Yeah. His my coach coach Gangarillo's stash isn't like as creepy, but he does have that like very like rugged look to him, you know. I've seen some stuff. A texter says, Good morning, TJ. Nick still sucks. Hey, Nick, we Nick's great. 
I saw the ESPN ticker lead too and wondered if anybody else was as mad as I was. You're telling me the most important breaking news is not only had to be first, but also worded the way that it was. Yeah, ESPN's garbage. Okay, have a great day, TJ. Nick, enjoy your suck at sandwich <laughs> with extra suck sauce. P.S. Matt Jones is a bum. Thank you. Uh, next texter, one of the most fr- – I do like the suck at sandwich bit, though. One of the most mm-hmm. frustrating calls from the game, I believe, it was Doug Shouse, was a foul facing on the baseline, and the ref came running from the opposite midcourt position to make the call. Baseline ref didn't blow the whistle. Yeah, you see that all the time, too. Yeah. Well, if they see it, they have to call it. If somebody else didn't see it, you can't – okay, sure, buddy. Uh, also, TC from Lexington. TJ, you were spot on with your note take yet earlier this week about Kentucky going to have a problem with him. Dude, wow. I've watched pat more... yourself. Don't hurt yourself patting yourself on the back, TJ. I have watched more college – I was talking with the wife this weekend. I, she thinks I maybe watched more college basketball in 14 or thir- or 15 when we had first started dating and then maybe the 15 run for UK. I have watched equal amounts of UK basketball because every year I watch every game and I'm Mm -hmm. totally invested into it. I'm talking about nationally. I don't think I've ever watched more games outside of Kentucky. And Note is just a freak. He can do that stuff that he did against UK. And unfortunately, UK doesn't have a DeAndre Liggins lockdown defender that you feel super confident and slowing down a great guard. But what teams do have DeAndre Liggins? You know, he's one of a kind. Special kid. Special guy. Love him. <laughs> I usually try to sync up Screaming Leech and then go back and listen to the actual TV guys later. Not this time. Gillen used to do games long time ago. Mediocre at best. CBS must have been scraping the bottom to have to pull him out of the trash heap. <laughs> Tell me how I you did, really though, feel. turn on. It was The game was coming to an end. Uh, I didn't know that. It was national championship anniversary night because Maryland just put it on Ohio State. Uh, and Kevin Harlan was on the call. Love me some Kevin Harlan. Glad to hear him back in college basketball. All right, everybody have a great Monday. We have so much more to talk about this week. We'll preview Kentucky and Ole Miss Senior Day tomorrow. And it'll be March next time we do a radio show. Thanks for the text. Everybody have a splendid Monday. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, you're proud to just in case. Oh,